beautiful. Listen, friend, do not sleep and miss out on the Elegant Excellence Goals Journal while they're still in stock. If you are not yet familiar with the journal, here's what it is not. It is not a daily planner where you write out your schedule and your to-do list. It is not a monthly calendar where you put everything down in pen. You might already have that that you're using in your life, or like me, you might use digital tools for that. I use my online Google Calendar and I have a project management system. This fills the gap that I needed in my own life to work on being more productive, or rather work on my productivity guilt, constantly beating myself up and being disappointed in myself that I wasn't getting more done. This is to help us become more proud of ourselves, see our self-growth, really make change in the areas that we want to, become more of an essentialist where we have clarity to what we say yes and no to, really creating more spaciousness and richness in our lives. This is much more like having a wildly affordable life coach with you for 365 days of the next year. Anytime you want to turn to it, you have my coaching there, as well as audio and video classes and four live workshops with me throughout the year. I just sat down this morning to do mine. And at the end of every month, we have a, there's a page called Champagne Toast where we celebrate what happened the month before because I don't know about you. Actually, I do. I do know about you. You DM me and you're just like me. We beat ourselves up so much. We focus so much more on what we did not do than what we did do. So just one example of a page in the journal is at the end of every month, we look back at what did we do? What are we, we are so focused on everything we're behind on at the end of the month rather than celebrating everything we did. So it's, oh, you know, almost the middle of November and I sat down and I had not opened up my journal this month. And I share that so frequently because it's really important to me that you know this is not about perfectly filling out every single piece of paper. Our lives are going to ebb and flow. And there are days when I sit down every single day in the week and turn to my journal and it is such a blessing to me. And then there's a week, a few weeks where I'm busy and I'm not focused on it. I was so distracted by the election that was happening here in the U.S. We were packing up to leave for three months and it didn't even hit me. Oh my gosh, where did November go? November just flew by. So when I sat down in October, I really was able to say, you know what? I am really proud of myself. I made some breakthroughs in why I think I am getting behind, why I overcommit, I don't leave myself enough time to prepare for our launches in my company, but I got clarity on my schedule. I'm going to be sharing a lot of this in our very first workshop early December for our new journal owners. But I always want to share how I continue to have breakthroughs in this area because, friend, I have been doing this, quote, elegant excellence journey work for four or five years now. I have been using the journal myself for year and a half maybe since I first created it. And I continue month after month to have more ahas about myself that create a life that is more peaceful, that I am more proud of with less beating myself up and more truly feeling ownership and empowerment that I can indeed create the life that I want. So especially right now, if you like me can relate that you totally got behind and distracted with the election, maybe your emotions were all over the place and you had all these things that you thought you were going to get done and they just went out the window, 
that happens to us all the time. It just might be because someone in your life gets sick or a friend gets mad at you or there's a tech issue or you get a last minute invite to something or opportunity. These things come up all the time that force us to constantly pivot and have to make decisions about how we want to spend our time, what we want to let go, where we want to buckle down and be mature and put on our big girl panties and make things happen. And when do we want to just forgive ourselves and say, you know what, that didn't happen and I did my best and I'm okay with it. So please make sure that you grab yours before they sell out. And I will be hanging out with you live and sharing so much more at our very first workshop. So swipe up to visit elegantexcellencejournal.com, grab your journal, and I will save you a seat. This episode is chock-a-block full of charm. You're welcome. What was that? You're welcome. With Hillary Rushford. Say it again. You're welcome. In advance. Well, friend, greetings from Joshua Tree, California, where we have begun our second quarantine. Um, For those of you that were here in the spring, we spent three months outside of our home completely unplanned as we were in Mexico when the pandemic broke out, and then we just didn't want feel it was safe to go back to New York City took a nonstop flight to Phoenix because it was a nonstop flight and someplace warm and those were the only clothes we had. We just hunkered down in a random house in the suburbs and ended up being out there for three months. Went home. Of course, New York is still on, you know, lockdown, so to speak, like everywhere. But we were at home in a lot of ways. Our life, you know, started to feel fairly normal. And now we are in quarantine number two, basically, where we have come out to actually quarantine to then go and see my family, spend Thanksgiving with them. My sister had a new baby and joined their bubble for a little while and then stay in warmer weather while, um, you know, we expect things to be a little more challenging as the, uh, as the, temperatures drop and everyone moves inside and all of that. So my heart goes out to any of you that are in those colder climate places. We feel incredibly blessed that uh, we could afford to pay double rent yet again for three months. Not fun, not something we want to do in our budget, but um, a way that we are getting through this year. So a lot of mixed emotions, really sad to leave our home, really excited to see my family, really grateful to be able to get to warm weather, Really hard to still wrap our head around the fact that back in quarantine number one, we never imagined that this would still be going on in the fall. And it is just kind of still wild that we are all still here. So as I said over on Instagram stories, spending time with you guys on stories during quarantine one was honestly one of the sweetest memories that I will have of that time. It was such a gift in a time when I was just so anxious and so overwhelmed with what was happening to be able to turn on every day and talk to all of you and have everyone else say, oh my gosh, me too. Okay, I'm not the only one <laughs> that's crying, that's feeling anxiety. And um, for so many of us to be able to connect over the election and say whatever side we were on, we all felt passion, we all felt fear, we all felt hope. There were a lot of shared emotions. And now, although I realize most of you are not in this new phase, you know, we were all in the news phase of quarantine then, and it is a little bit different for Jeremy and I now that we are away from home, but um, I'm really excited to take you guys along and just to continue to connect and process how we are all dealing um, with heading to winter and holidays and all of that while being on quarantine. So today I want to share a story 
for three reasons. Number one, it's a story about doing scary things and seeing them work out. I want to share this story as a beacon of hope for the next time you feel called to do a scary thing and are terrified to say yes. Number two, it is about listening to our gut and having healthy thinking. When we get that feeling like we really know what we are supposed to do, we're supposed to walk away, we're supposed to take the big scary leap, are we, and becoming aware, what are my thoughts? What is my resistance? When should I say this feels scary, but right? And it's only my own fear that is going to get in the way. And number three, it's about looking back for ways in which we were protected. I don't think we celebrate enough. As I mentioned in the intro, we so often focus on where we're at right now and where we're headed. And we don't often look back at all of the good that has happened. And I think one of those ways is not really noticing how God or the universe, whatever you believe, really often had our back and how doors that closed at the time that felt devastating, do we really look back and say, you know what, that was actually such a blessing. I'm really grateful that that happened. And I really care about this emphasis of looking back for what we can learn so that we can move forward and be better and we can have more confidence and, and clarity as we uh, as we move forward. So I, in doing my Elegant Excellence Goals Journal a couple weeks ago, I realized that I had just passed the year anniversary of something very terrifying that I felt that, God was calling me to. And again, as I talk throughout this episode, if the universe or you know anything else makes more sense to you, of course, feel free to insert for your own beliefs. But I felt very clearly that God was calling me to part with my business partner at the time. I had two business partners. I parted with one in the summer and um, had every intention. I mean, initially, I should say, when we joined together three or four years ago now, had every intention this was going to be pretty much lifelong. I mean, you know, they were at my wedding, their kids were in my wedding, um, was was absolutely not meant to be a temporary thing, really was a sense of kind of family, brother-sister relationships. Parted with one over the summer, um, and so that was a year and a half ago now. That felt uh, scary, but right. And yet I had total peace and confidence that I was moving forward with the other one, uh, and so did they. And uh, through a series of serendipities, of conversations, of meetings, of, of things that transpired within a period of a couple of days, I walked out of a meeting with my husband. We had sat down with the CEO to get some advice. And he didn't even know me. He didn't even know my situation. And he spoke so clearly to it that I was shaking when I walked out because I felt so terrified that I knew what he was saying was I was not supposed to enter into the the next contractual phase of this partnership. And it was, that's exactly what Jeremy was hearing as well. And we both just couldn't believe. I didn't even know who this person was a week ago. And then he's this big CEO and he agreed to give us a meeting out of nowhere. And I like, and then he spoke exactly to this. And that just continued to happen over the course of the next few days. It continued to be reaffirmed. And what I personally realized very quickly after that meeting, what 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 I was aware of in my gut was I've been putting my trust in a human and I am being called to put my tr- to put trust in myself. 
And really for me, that meant trust in God. Trust that God will give me the wisdom, the ability. He will give me what I need in order to be able to complete this calling that I've been given. And I do feel very called to that this is a a ministry of sorts to bring more joy and more overwhelm, to heal women's hearts as we explore what makes us feel beautiful, as we work on feeling more proud of ourselves, as you know, we create more spaciousness in our lives as we're not so hard on ourselves, all of the things that we talk about here. And I realized I am was placing my trust in this person, this man, human, to say, without them, I don't know what to do. They are going to be the one that gets me through. And I think so many of us can relate to that at a time, whether it was, you know, a romantic relationship or a friendship that we can so often feel like I've got to cling to this person, even if something in my gut isn't saying right, because I'm so terrified to be by myself. And what what also came to me was I've heard the phrase very often, I've shared here before, we can do hard things. And a lot of women that I look up to and admire talk about that all the time on the internet. And I don't like that phrase. <laughs> I don't want to do hard things. Hard things sounds hard. That doesn't sound fun. That doesn't sound restful. That doesn't sound creative. That doesn't sound affluent. It sounds hard. <laughs> I don't want to do hard things. But what came to me in, in the 24 hours that followed this was a revelation from a friend that I believe I've shared on here before sounds kind of weird if you don't know what prophecy is and if you're not religious and don't don't let me lose you but let's just say a friend had a dream about you a friend had a vision a friend just had a metaphor for you whatever works for you and basically this vision that she had for me she didn't say the phrase but what I took out of it was I can do hard things easily It's not about the hard things having to feel hard. If I believe that God is going to equip me for these things, then he will make easy what would be hard because I will be uniquely equipped for it. And what that really is at the core that I want to point out is it's allowing for a new thought. Back in episode 60 on the wand here on the podcast, if you haven't listened to that, We talk about the power of our thoughts and we use this exercise of the wand every week in the Elegant Excellence Goals Journal. And it's, for me in the journal, it's a practice of sitting and writing it down, but then it's becoming muscle memory that this is the way your brain works all the time, where your circumstance is the same. I am running a big business and I have no idea how I got put in this position because my background is literally being a tap dancing flower. Like, I don't know how I ended up the CEO of a multi-million dollar company. So that is my circumstance. And my thought can be, this is hard and I don't want to do hard things. Or my thought can be, I can do hard things easily and how much that changes things. And when I reread my portraits, so the portrait is the first big chunk of the Elegant Excellence Goals Journal, and we come back to it every six months, and it's a good bit of your reflection in there. It's not a quick three-pager. There's a lot of different angles that we are checking back in with. What are my dreams? What are my goals? What are my priorities? What have I learned in the last year? Where do I think I'm headed in the next six months? And the reason that we go back and do that every six months is because our thoughts and plans change 
often. I think they change far more often than many of us realize. And we don't slow down to do that work. So we so often, we forget the things we've learned or we easily get off course. This is 100% true, by the way, if you are a fellow entrepreneur, for sure. There are, my business is changing constantly what my priorities are and what my goals are and how long something took and a new opportunity. And I'm 10 years into business. I would be less crazy, more organized, more able to take a deep breath than I was 10 years ago. And I still struggle with this. But I see it for so many of my friends who are not entrepreneurs. You know, our thoughts and plans being different than we thought six months ago. I've had, I have two girlfriends right now that went through devastating miscarriages that are trying to heal their bodies that had plans for when they were going to have a baby. I have friends really struggling to get pregnant, uh, friends suddenly deciding that they want to do egg freezing that wasn't even on their radar. They lost their job. They quit their job. They thought they'd be able to find a new job. They haven't found a new job. They uh, they were single and now all like you know, one of my girlfriends, you guys saw me share her wedding on Instagram stories. Within a year, she went from being single to being married. I mean, sometimes we go through these huge changes and now, you know, I'm sure they have life plans. And a year from now, it might completely change when her maybe her husband wants to change what industry he's in or a parent gets sick and suddenly your plans change. And so I look back at my portrait in my past journals. And I'm so grateful to have that to remember where my headspace was. And I realized I had all these plans when I sat down and did my July version of the journal. And in October, they just shifted in a snap. And I think so often that is what we can relate to about the scary leap, which was I had a whole plan and then the pandemic and then Black Lives Matter, and then the election, and then there was a sickness, and then there was a friend fight, and then there was a breakup, and then there was family drama. And suddenly my energy, my focus, the the trip I thought I had planned, the, where I thought my revenue was coming from, it just shifted. We all had no idea what 2020 would bring, obviously. And it's been very powerful for me to realize I was called to this thing in October, and I had finally, I wouldn't say I finally had obeyed by December, but that it was clear to me in October what I was supposed to do. It took until about November to create the space to have that conversation with the partner because we wanted to do it in person. And then it took about another month to really extricate. So it was honestly a couple days before Christmas that it was truly settled a few days before 2020 began. And I realized pretty quickly into the pandemic in March that if I hadn't listened or obeyed, my company would have struggled because having this partner was a huge salary and expense that, of course, whenever as a business owner, you bring someone onto the team, you are expecting that they will generate more revenue and profit than what their salary is. But Come April, May, I didn't have the energy, emotional energy and bandwidth and wherewithal to do any of the things that I had planned. And so it allowed me to just be emotionally exhausted in April and May, to be present with this community, to spend more time with you guys and, and, and you know, all be, be healing and processing together because I didn't have to sprint to keep up with these high expenses. 
Then Kim, summer. Um, you know, having a partner feels so good for talking, collaborating, having someone else to co-sign and say, yes, I agree that that's the right call. But it also really slows it down. And I've talked a lot about this in my Elegant Excellence Mastermind. If you're a fellow entrepreneur, please, please join that for 2021 because we can talk a lot more about this where it's one of the reasons I'm so passionate about ownership because it feels amazing to have someone to co-sign and and co-bear the weight of decisions because then we're like, oh good, I don't have to figure it out all on my own. But that also slows us down and it gets us out of really just listening to our gut and saying, you know what the right thing is. You you know what is right for you. And maybe you don't need to have 10 conversations with girlfriends to get there. Maybe you don't you know, need to keep processing the breakup with this person that you're breaking up with. You know in your gut what the right decision was. So in summer, I realized I would have struggled to create as quickly my new program, Creative Business Accelerator, which helped many people because I was able to create it and it was so needed in the pandemic. And it also was the whole gist of the program, which was I'm going to create in a short time on a small budget using what I have in this random Airbnb that we're in. I am emotionally distracted. This isn't going to be some big three-month production. I'm going to keep it simple to model for you how to keep it simple and to not say, Hey, when you have a big multi-million dollar company like I do, you it, everything is huge and everything's on level 10. And then you have all these entrepreneurs that are starting at level two and just constantly feeling disappointed. Like, I thought this, this course I created was going to feel like a level 10 aesthetically like Hillary Rushford's did. And man, I'm really failing. I wanted to just say like, listen, this is about the content. If your content is brilliant, then we can do this simply. We can do this quickly. We can help more people rather than being more of a perfectionist. Um, so in the fall, so that was summer. That was uh, spring. That was summer. That was fall. In the fall, I closed down my Instagram with intention class for new traffic. You can still access it if you're um, you know, one of my students, but for many years, that was the number one program that I sold publicly. It was my first program that really took off. It's where my focus was for years and years. It's the number one program that my business partners worked on and really where they were growing and scaling the company. And we ended up shutting it down because of a lot of complications with Facebook ads that were out of our control, meaning it really got shut down for us. It wasn't a decision that I made. And we have that happen, again, so often in life. You didn't, you know, you couldn't control the miscarriage. You didn't decide that your company was going to do layoffs. You didn't want to be the one to leave the romantic relationship. Sometimes doors are closed for us. And I was able to see this is totally fine because I I knew actually that I wanted to close down Instagram with intention anyways. I explained more inside uh, the mastermind again, since not everyone here is entrepreneurs, how I decide and determine which programs I want to grow or release and why it no longer felt like the right fit for me and where my company is headed and what my vision is. So I'd already known I wanted to shut it down. And I was not slated to create a new program for another like six to nine months. But when the pandemic happened and when I had the the total autonomy of being the sole owner of the business, able to pivot and create quickly, I'd created something that now 
that this other revenue stream was gone was totally fine because we had something else that we wanted to create. And I had this huge person on my team whose salary I was no longer covering. So we also needed to make less money as a company. But if I hadn't had those two things, if I had held on because I was so terrified to listen to what my gut was saying, what I felt God was calling me to, what the universe was making clear was a door that I should shut and make a turn. I can see that it could have been a really hard year for me personally, as someone who's who's very much an empath and emotional and, and was so affected by the pandemic and Black Lives Matter and all of that, and uh, on a financial level, on a, you know, just in so many different ways, I realize I was protected in 2020 because I listened to my gut. And I, I want that to be a message for someone to see when we drag our feet when we know we're being called to the scary leap, we know we're being called to start a business, we know we're being called to end that relationship, we know we're being called to follow our dream and and move someplace new. When we drag our feet on that, it really can have negative consequences because we miss this other path that was meant to be opened for us because we're still, you know, like, really trying to go down this other path and we're kind of missing the moment. And along the way, as I mentioned, I realized that I really was working slower in having this business partner by collaborating. And it is nothing against collaborating because I still love collaborating. It's so satisfying to work with someone that just really gets you and you guys are vibing off of each other. But it really has been a reminder to me this year that, you know, We often say the phrase, the grass is always greener, but I often think, you know, meaning I I have this vision that something else is going to be better. But I actually think more often we think that what we have now is best because it's what we know. We're comfortable with it. I talked about this in episode a year and a half ago when Jeremy and I moved into our new apartment that I did not want to leave our old home. I was comfortable. I loved the neighborhood. I'd been there for forever. I loved my office. I did it because he wanted to move and I wanted to, to, I genuinely had joy in wanting to support what he wanted as my new husband. And then the moment we moved in, I was like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. I mean, obviously, if you follow my Instagram, you know how insane our apartment is. I was like, I almost missed this. Now, granted, what I had was good. That's why I wanted to hold on to it. If it's bad, it's easy for us to want to walk away. If you hate your job, if you hate your boss, if you if the guy is clearly you know making you miserable, if whatever, when we're unhappy, of course we want to leave. But when we're happy, it is really hard to let go of something good in order to accept something great, to make space for something great. So the idea of no of being single, of no longer having that romantic partner or no longer having that best friend, if the best friend isn't bringing you happiness in a platonic sense, the idea of that is worse than when you actually are alone. I mean, I've experienced this so many times where the fear, the fear of not having that business partner was so devastating and it made me so sad and I felt like I was mourning such a loss. And then once the person is gone, you're like, You know, it's like growing up, I was 
horrible growing up. Okay, until like very recently. I have been horrible with shots. Needles, getting my blood drawn, all of it. I'm the worst. But specifically when I was a kid, I would cry all the way to the doctor knowing that I had to get a shot. And then once the shot happened, the shot was not nearly as bad as the 30 minutes of hysterical buildup to it. And I think that's so true as an adult. I realized in this story of, of partying in my business that the feelings I had leading up in those two months were so between here's what I'm called to and here's when it's actually happened were so much heavier and more terrifying than what the reality has been on the other side. And I see that with every breakup I've been through, with every friendship that is distanced, with every move that I have gone through. And for a lot of entrepreneurs, you know, having someone to make those hard decisions for you and with you is so what we are yearning for and dreaming of. If only I had the right team, if only my husband worked in my business, if only I could get a business partner, if, if only, if only. And we therefore also do say the grass would be greener if I could just have this. And we say that, you know, if I wasn't single, if I had more money. And I really encourage you to use your Elegant Excellence Goals Journal over this coming year to find the gray area between dreaming without idealizing. We could do a whole podcast topic just on that, but that really is such a gray area. Gray area and you know, I am all about the gray area. Everything to me that is good in life is in the gray area. <laughs> the black and white stuff is the simple stuff that we don't even need to worry about and talk about because it's just obvious. But the meat of life is in the gray area. So in this way, how do we both say, I don't want to idealize that the grass is always greener and that if I I have more money, if I wasn't single, if I, I hired the right person on my team, then everything would be great. We don't idealize, but we also do dream and we don't hold on to, I want to clutch tightly to everything I have right now because this is as good of it get as it gets. No, it does get better. And let's notice our thoughts. Notice when our thought is, this is going to be hard versus I think I can do hard things easily. It's hard to walk away from this relationship, but I actually think I'm going to be given the strength and the wisdom and the maturity in five seconds after the shot is done to look back and go, you know what? I really feel a lot lighter at <laughs> that having happened. And the final thing I want to share is about breadcrumbs. I was talking to a girlfriend of mine who is a fitness instructor and she has this really amazing, unique teaching style. She's not only a great fitness instructor, she does like life coaching. I love her classes. They are my favorite. But the company that she works with wants her to do it their way which basically is no life coaching, which is none of the meat, all of the fluff. And you know me, I'm not about the fluff and neither is this friend. So she's really wrestling with, am I just not good at this? Like, is this not what people want? Is, are my instincts wrong? Am I too much? Am I not enough? Because I keep getting this negative feedback from my employer that what I'm doing is not what, not what they want, aka not what people want. Then out of the blue, she gets a phone call with this woman who's like, uh, I am obsessed with you. I've been following you for so many months. I've watched your 
any speech you've given. Like I'm so aware with all of your values and everything that you believe in. And I'm creating this new fitness platform that is all about integrating fitness and life coaching and blah, 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 blah. And I've spent a long time thinking about this and you are the perfect person to lead it. You're who we want as our spokesperson. And she was like, I don't know if this is going to come through. I don't, I don't want to get too excited about it. I don't, I want to make sure I do my research and that I'm being wise about the partnership, whatever. And I said to her, listen, even if this doesn't work out, I firmly believe this is a breadcrumb to show you that you are on the right path. In the last couple of months here at Dean Street, I've been hiring for a role. We are looking for a marketing director. If you know someone who has been a marketing director of a seven-figure plus company, please send them my way because we are still looking. We posted for this role back in July after, in essence, I've been saying I needed this role for three years and for various reasons. I didn't come to fruition. It was finally the time. I was so ready. In three months, I interviewed one person for the job. There was only one person that really was like, oh, this is 100% what I'm looking for. Did all the stages of interviews, did so many rounds, so excited, like, yes, this is what I need. And I was praying, God, make it clear. And I thought, okay, great. He's giving me one person so that I know this is the answer. I don't have to do go back and forth. Well, I kind of said I wanted this and I sort of wanted that. They are, you know, like, I'll be honest. I really want some wanted someone for years who is... Uh, brings a different diversity of beauty to our team. I want women who are of uh, different body shapes, different ages, different ethnicities. We're a company that explores what makes women feel beautiful. I don't want us to be a company of thin, white, you know, 45 and below uh, women. And we've historically been a very diverse company. And then just in the last couple of people that we have brought in or people that have moved on, we suddenly have lost that diversity. And that's always been so important to me for years. And so, for example, this person didn't fit into that. It was like, yeah, they're not bringing that diversity. But I was like, God, make it clear. If that's not what I'm supposed to hold on to, okay, great, you're giving me one person, it's a clear yes. Well, at the very last minute, she said, actually, I think I'm supposed to take this other opportunity. And she said, no. And for, I, for one night, I felt devastated. I felt so defeated. I felt really hopeless, like, oh my gosh, in three months, there's one person and then it doesn't work out. Like, I'm just exhausted. I was so ready for this person. The very next day, I realized it was a huge blessing. And I realized that by sitting down with my Elegant Excellence Goals Journal, because I wasn't just going back to, okay, what's what's the next thing on the list? What's the next thing I can check off? How am I going to pick up extra work that I thought I was going to be able to delegate off to her? Instead, I was really able to rethink, okay, what are our priorities? I was able to see things from a fresh lens. I was able to look at the big 50, 50 foot view. And I, and this is why also it's so important to me that, that we have this tool all throughout the year, because sometimes it's going to be on October 1st actually two years in a row now, now that I think about it, this scary story, uh, scary leap was in October. Now this new closed door was in October. Things don't happen on January 1. So when we do all of our vision casting with our, 
you know, free pretty printables that everyone's giving you on January 1, that's great. But what about nine months later when everything is totally shifted and you don't have any tools to be able to regroup? Okay, wait, where where do I go from here and what do I want to do? So when when that door closed, I rethought things. And again, our instinct is always to think that our current plan is the best. You know, we make a plan and then we just keep saying, well, this is the plan. This is the plan. And I'm always having to say to myself, okay, but I am the boss of me and I came up with this idea. If I had this idea, I can have a new idea. I can change my mind on that idea. But that is a muscle that we have to grow. That ability to be mentally flexible and agile and pivot and be resilient. So I realized, you know what? I was so clear on July 1 that this is what I wanted, but now that it took three months and it's October 1, we don't, we got a bit, a lot of stuff on our plate in quarter four. And this would actually have been so much to be accomplishing in quarter four. I don't know. I don't know how I would have had the bandwidth. We're right on top of our Elegant Excellence Goals Journal launch. We're right on top of our Elegant Excellence Mastermind launch. How would I bring someone new up to speed and do those things at the same time? This would have been horrible timing. Actually, quarter one would be way more ideal when we have a lot more spaciousness at the top of our year. So it took the closed door to get me to rethink. Just like the closed door with the partner the October before, wait, am I sure that this is the best path and I will be miserable if it closes? Or might this be God or the universe closing a door because there is a better path? And actually what seems really scary, terrifying, devastating, hopeless at the moment is actually so much freedom and peace a second later. And number two, that this person to me was the breadcrumb. The breadcrumb that confirms our gut is right. Without that one candidate, I probably would have started to second guess that who I want exists and I would have settled because I'd already started talking to our HR consultant. Well, maybe I go with someone who's more junior and it's not really what I want, but maybe that's who's out there. Then I felt what it would be like to have this person, to be in conversation with them, to look at their work, to get their feedback. And now I know, yep, my I, I knew what I wanted. I knew it. I just started to second guess it when it started to take more time. And I used to say that about dates when I was single. Every quality single guy I met, even if we were not at all the right match, they weren't really what I was looking for. If they were a quality single guy, they were a reminder, they were a breadcrumb that they're out there. That guy's not my husband, but he's somebody's and there's some girl that you know, knows that he's out there and there's some other girl that's on a date with who my guy is. And so I really want us to look for the value of those breadcrumbs. So for my girlfriend, if this other platform totally falls apart, I think it was God or the universe saying, girl, your gut is right. You know what you're good at and people out there want it. Just because your current employer doesn't see it doesn't mean that you should lose sight of that vision. And it doesn't mean that all your eggs have to be in this new basket. That door could close too. And this could simply be the encouragement that you need to to be patient for another six months, to be patient for another year, and to stay true to yourself. I really believe we can do hard things easily 
if we believe God or the universe is guiding us. It doesn't mean that life is easy. We will still experience loss and close doors and be called to take scary leaps and do big things that we cannot see the ending of. We don't know what is you know, on the other side of that cavern. But the process feels easier when we keep looking for evidence of the fact that things have worked out at different times in our past to protect us, to bless us, to prepare us. And I think sharing our stories when that happens encourages all of us. It puts courage, grows courage, confidence, vision, hope. And it's my hope I've done that for you today. Oh, wait. One more thing. Don't miss this. Before you go, love. P.S. Something I'm loving lately is that I am sitting on the toilet while I record this podcast. Obviously, the toilet is closed. And it's not that I'm sitting on a toilet that I love, but it is the fact that a year ago, I would have felt embarrassed to tell you the behind the scenes that I am sitting in a bathroom to record this podcast, which is like a top fashion and beauty podcast, and I'm literally in a bathroom. And yet, one of the silver linings of this pandemic has been all being in the same boat. The amount of empathy for the shared experience. I still continue to find really delightful and reassuring. Obviously, the pandemic is not delightful, but a delightful side effect of it. And I was really thinking about it, especially I'd been watching so much news uh, recently with the election coverage and listening to more podcasts than usual and all that. And the number of times that I've noticed big podcasts, you know, big outlets where they're having these issues. One of the podcasts I was listening to, uh, the guy was like, Hey guys, uh, I apologize. I just realized that I forgot my wife needed this room to teach a class that she has in 10 minutes. So I'm going to have to ask if we could reschedule the second half of this podcast. (laughs) And they just kept that part in. And then he like came back the next day and they continued with the conversation. I thought, okay, in 2019, that guy would have looked like looked unprofessional, disaster, hot mess. But now that we understand that everybody is working from home, the idea that you've got Two, two adults trying to use the home office while you got kids out in the other room and they've both got to record things totally makes sense. You're like, oh, same, same. The number of podcasts where there's dogs barking in the background and previously people might have been like, they really should be more professional in their you know, sound engineering. And now we're like, oh, get it, same. And so I wanted to share that because I think actually, specifically if you are an entrepreneur, if you are a creative, that there, there is a blessing of this year that that bar has been lowered. In some ways, that's what I was trying to do in creating my Creative Business Accelerator course was to, to lower that idea, ideal, that people who are farther ahead of you are operating on this magical level. You know, they've got a whole, there's there's podcasters I follow that have a like, they're, they've got a little office that's fully sound insulated. And I say to Jeremy, like, okay, that's my goal when we have a house. I, I want an actual podcast studio room. That's amazing that that woman has it. But you know what? My podcast is blessing your life too. And I'm literally sitting in a bathroom in Airbnb in the middle of the desert in my pajamas. <laughs> so I think that for us to look at, it's even why I share about so much of my own progress 
in the Elegant Excellence Goals Journal because I want you to know just because I created this system does not mean that my calendar is totally spacious. I'm never stressed. I'm never behind. I always say yes to the exact amount of things. My schedule is perfectly organized. I never have days where I get emotionally off and behind or any issues. I want you to know. It's why I want you to join this community. It's why I'm doing four live workshops throughout the year because this is a journey that we're on together. And I may have started years ago and hopefully therefore I have more wisdom to to pack pass back and help you get down the road even faster, but it is far from perfection behind the scenes that I think a few years ago when Instagram first came out with all the perfect filtered photos and all of that, I think we had this vision of all of that. And now I really appreciate just in general as we've moved to less, you know, less produced photos and more organicness because we have Instagram stories and those are on the fly and not edited. And we've been moving that direction. And I so appreciate the authenticity and the connection of all being really on the same plane and not having this hierarchy. And I just think that the pandemic has created that for us, that literally someone who works at NPR or CNN or some big news outlet is also calling into a podcast while hiding in a tiny bathroom sitting on the toilet because their husband was on a work call across the hall and the the bedroom was too echoey and then they could hear their husband as then they had to close another door. And honestly, we're all in this together. We're all in this together. And swipe up and get your Elegant Excellence Goals Journal right now, friend, because you snooze, you lose, they're going to sell out. And I want you on that first workshop with me all about behind the scenes of my schedule, my day, my productivity, my personal to-do list, my personal priorities and projects. I will save you a seat when you swipe up and get your journal today. I will see you there with grace and gumption. Till next Wednesday. 